Hey everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of iZombie Radio. Uh, your source, I'm off to a great start, uh, your source for everything uh, iZombie related on the DC TV Podcast Network. I am Chris King, and I'm joined this week by not my two great co-hosts, only one great co-host this week. No. But I know, but he is indeed a great co-host. Great, great, great. And that is Mr. Blaze Hopkins. How you doing, Blaze? Yes, I'm doing well. Um, I'm on my second cup of coffee, so one's already down. Um, I, I don't know what it says that I've had, like, two this morning already, and I'm still as, like, ugh, right now. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> my brain's been slow moving this morning. I think I'm still, like... Even though it wasn't a long flight that I was on yesterday, I think I'm still recovering from just, like, the day of travel I had. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I feel that. Nah, for sure. But, uh, but good. Glad to hear you're, you're doing all right. And two cups of coffee is not a bad way to start off the day. No, not at all. Um, and so, quickly, guys, just want to let you know that um, Sean will be back next week uh, for next week's episode of the podcast. Uh, he had some personal matters to take care of this week when we typically record. That's why he's not on here, but have no fear. Snarky Sean will be back next week with all your favorite puns and good comments. And uh, also, we're going to probably get his thoughts on this week's episode at the beginning of next week. So if you want to know what he thought of it, too, you will get that um, as well. But, uh, but yeah. This uh, might not be the funniest episode. No, we'll try. We'll try. As, yeah, I'm going to... Just I'll, a I'll warning. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, oh, God, I'm still. I think it didn't help too that like I watched this episode last night at like I think I started at like 1 a.m. Yeah, right. Because uh, I know you yeah. had to. Uh, yeah, I, I'm post flight. Yeah, because I flew and post that, like being a good guest. <laughs> yeah, to anyone who cares, I flew. To, I flew from Philadelphia to uh, Fort Lauderdale last night. Um, I'm visiting. Uh, like my best friend, who I've literally been friends with since for as long as I can remember. Yeah. His name's Cut. Any Fort Lauderdale Cut. listeners? Uh... Yeah, yeah, come find me, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm in, uh, I think, what is it, Deerfield Beach, the Deerfield Beach area. All right. Uh, yeah. Chris is just uh, prime not... stalking Target right now. I was about to say I'm not going to give out the address, but uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm visiting. Uh, I'm visiting my friend Connor. Uh, he's lived down here now in Flor, in like the Fort Lauderdale area since like 2010. He moved down here, and, uh, yeah, so we're going to be hanging out for a week. So, yeah, I was flying last night during the episode's actual airing time, and then got in, was hanging out with Connor and a buddy of ours named Walt, and then once Connor went to bed at, like, 1 o'clock, after we were catching up and everything, I finally had a chance to watch the episode. And then I started, I was going to start writing my review last night, and I was just too tired, so I I slept Slept in, not slept in, but slept uh, till this morning, and then uh, got up, and I actually literally just finished and published my review, like, uh, like literally like twenty minutes before we hopped on here. So like, the episode's somewhat fresh in my mind, but I was also in like a dazed and confused state when I was watching it, which I hope didn't make me, didn't like make me not enjoy it as much. But uh, if if we're gonna just get into the episode here, Blaze, I. That, well, the episode's called "Eat, Pray, Live." I uh, I didn't love this episode. I I really didn't. I honestly was it was kind of it was probably the most underwhelming episode 
I've seen of this show in quite some time, even going back to season two. Um, and I have some ideas for why that is, but before I uh, I share my thoughts, I want to get your your impression of last night uh, or this week's episode. What do you think of it overall? Um, yeah, I definitely agreed with you. It was I still enjoyed individual elements of the episode. Same. And like you, I feel like I did under I did was able to understand what they were going for, but yep. I think it just felt like the most. Like we as I mean I know I've brought it up so many times in the past when we talk about this, but the one when this show is at its best or like consistent, um, everything is just very well planned and balanced and yep. uh, and I think for me last night it just felt it just felt for like the first time in ever like you said uh, like unbalanced and uh, and sort of scattered. Hundred percent agree. Scattered and is like, literally the best word. Yes. And um. And so I don't know. I just think that they it was just miss. Uh, they just kind of like missed the mark on on what they chose to highlight. I and uh, I don't know. And it just like for me mainly it was. I feel like and you mentioned this, but and I know you want to talk about this, but. That Liv and Clive were both pretty much sidelined, mm-hmm. um, and it just—it was just like strange um, because they kind of just pushed those two into uh, like all that Liv and Clive did was this, the like mystery of the week, which was clearly just a filler. Um, Dude, it was. She didn't even have any visions. Yeah. Like, that really, I was honestly, because I was watching it, right, and I, I I was getting to, like, the 40-minute mark in the episode, you know, the hour-long episode, and I'm writing, I'm jotting down my notes, and I was just like, Liv hasn't had any visions yet, and literally just as I write that, Clive has the line about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I like that, I'm happy that they actually acknowledged it, Yeah. but she, like, as much as I love Liv, she has nothing to do in this episode, she doesn't help with the case at all. Mm-hmm. Well, like, do you think that's just a full result of the brain? Because that was the what that was what I kind of tried to justify it with, I guess. No, like, you're you're not wrong, but we've also seen her on like similar types of brains before. Yeah, and she still like is able to have visions. And but I guess bothered... like, but my only thing is, I guess with this one specifically, I will give them this benefit and play devil's advocate. Um, okay. But I feel like though. With this brain specifically, and like yoga teacher specifically, or like yogi brain, whatever. Um, L- lifestyle guru is well, what the official description. Okay, said. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just joking. But essentially, like I think that they in the in the intro kill scene or in the kill scene and um, and like to how Liv acts throughout the episode. I guess I feel like it's just like playing up the idea that the character or the yoga guy was so blissfully ignorant and so just like, I guess like, I almost want to say like free of like guilt. Sure. That he didn't, that it's kind of like, I don't know. True, but I guess. He's just that oblivious. I don't know. I guess what bothers me though is literally they solved the case because there's a woman who's essentially racist. Like <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like she thinks Clive that, is a is a pimp and that 
Liv is like one of his one of his call girls, and and then only because of that do they find out that um, Mitch was like the homeless guy. And I really did. I, I will give them. I did enjoy, like, really enjoy the um, the that like the twist of the guy getting out of prison and how he looked. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Like yeah. That, that was clever. That was really clever. It it was. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I didn't expect that. No, exactly. But it was just very like wonky, kind of like how they got there, like you said, and like. Well, and it's even too even when it, even when a case of the week is forgettable, and even like, this is my thing. As much as I love love Clive, I don't mind so much that Clive was a little bit sidelined this week because we got such a Clive centric episode last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but the issue is with the show like this, with the show like I Zombie, which has such a dynamic and kind of powerful lead character in a way where, like, yes, this is an ensemble show, but, like, let's let's not, like, let's not fool, any, like, fool ourselves here. This is Rose McIver's show. She is the lead actress, and this is Liv's show. She is the main character. Mm-hmm. Like, everything really should work through her. And it's okay if she kind of has some lighter weeks, but, like, when she literally does pretty much nothing of significance... And I'm not saying this speak, like in a way to like anything against Liv's character. Liv's, Liv's probably my favorite character on the show, mm-hmm. but um, it's just a matter of like if you think about it, like how did she impact any of the main stories this week? And you really can't say that she did. Yeah, that's a good and, point. And it's not even like last week where like Major with the teenage girl brain, it was just like, hilarious, right? It was, like, a nice, like, great, com- com- uh, great bit of comedy. The yo- yoga instructor brain, a lifestyle guru, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's not even that entertaining, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, because part of me thinks, too, it, like, it was a little too similar to, like, the positive thinking yes. brain. yep. I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, the optimist brain from last, uh, uh, from last season. And... I mean, I don't know. To me, literally, the the best live scene of the whole episode is, and I want to get back. I want to get back to it uh, a little bit later because I think they're setting up a romance there between her and Major's new friend Justin. Yes. Uh, I think he's yeah. And uh, but that to me was like the best part of the like the best scene for her because like she was getting to have fun and it was kind of like light and everything. But even that scene is more about. Um, that whole scene is more about Major and kind of his, like, longing and sadness as he watches them because he's, like, realizing this might be it for me, you know, and I I don't know. It just felt very odd Mm -hmm. to have... And I also think, while I get what they're trying to do by having it so focused on, like, Ravi and Peyton and the Blaine triangle, Mm -hmm. I think it almost would have been better to instead of giving us, like, an episode full of that, to kind of have it spread out over the past couple of weeks a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that was my main thing with, when I say scattered, is, like, I I just think it was, like, too much at once, all at once, sort of. Yeah, um, this, this to me, and I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you, this, is, this felt like the most, like, we've said before that iZombie can sometimes be, like, overly packed and jam-packed, but yeah. still... Get, because everything that time it it needs this felt like the most stretched thin we've ever seen in the show. Yeah, um, because to me with the with the the love triangle aspect, 
Yeah. I don't dislike it by any means. Me but either. I was enjoying, I think it would just be such a better, I think it would be such a better slow burn and, um, and like more mutually understandable situation if we got to sort of see these fleshed out individual emotions towards one another from Peyton and Robbie. Yeah. Because, you know, it makes sense. Robbie, like the, how he puts it last night, you know, he's like, it's my macho problem basically. And his, um, you know, and his inability to get over just the, you know, basically to not be jealous, um, and, um, and it makes sense, but I would just, I guess I just would like to see the, like, the character go through it more, like, I, you know, I'd like to see maybe the little, the little, like, I like the scene when he goes in and we get to see, you know, Peyton at, at work kind of be pretty standoffish with him, um. Oh, yeah, that, that was the best scene between them and the other. Yeah, and, um. And I really liked that. And I just, you know, I, I, I kind of like getting to see the, the, like, individual ways they handle it um, and sort of, like, emotionally react to everything. And I just think if it was, like, a little more separated, um, it would hit a lot better because it would feel like over a longer duration of time, you know, we've seen them sort of go back and forth, and because that's the thing that, like, last night, a lot of the stuff that, like, Peyton said I thought was great, and really did explain sort of, like, how she's feeling and, like, her side of things. Um, yeah, well, I think that's why that scene works so well, right? Because she calls Ravi out on his yeah. BS. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that, to me, was easily the most satisfying scene for that reason. Mm -hmm. Because up until this episode, right, I can kind of understand where uh, where Ravi is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, basically, so yeah, I can understand the fact that he needed some space a little bit even though I don't think it's cool that he didn't, you know, I even don't think it's right that he didn't pick up the phone when she called him and things like that. I can kind of get that mm -hmm. where it loses. And I can even also get in that opening scene with him and Peyton where he kind of has the foot in his mouth comments about like having like the adult film dreams of her and Blaine or whatever, or like, like even something like that I can get. Uh, let's get down to it here. The real, real stupid BS thing that happens in this episode is that he sleeps with uh, uh, Caddy. Or yeah. Is it Caddy or Katie? I might. Because um, it's so contrived. I think it's Katie. Oh, Katie? Okay. Like I, but I think it's like. It's with a K. I know it's spelled with a K. I, I think um, a K and even like a D in some form, but. Yeah. I think. But regardless. Uh, yeah, that was just like. I don't know. That that felt like the most like cliched move that the show that iZombie has made. Well, and it just seems so out of character for Rob. Yeah. Because, like, sure, we've said before he might be feeling emasculated in some ways, and like, he, like he's not the best guy with romance or anything. I would say. Mm -hmm. But like, he literally told Peyton he loved her. In, like, a screaming match. <laughs> yeah. And, and he didn't get the immediate reaction he wanted. 
And so he then what? And then he goes and sleeps with, like, the first woman that shows interest in him? I just... It was, like, the most un-Ravi. Exactly. And I just... I don't know, man. It's just... that That, to me, for the first time in this... Like, kind of, since this love triangle sort of been set up, this was the first time where I went, mm, that's not, that's not believable. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of understand the back and forth in Peyton's mind between Blaine and Ravi up until this point, but that right there, I was like, okay, that is purely for story reasons. That is purely to push the plot forward so that Peyton gets closer with Blaine. Yeah, pretty much. And that's what bothers me so much about it, because, like, I don't know. It was just kind of like it took something that felt like a real and natural conflict and that they were kind of both moving past. Yeah. Uh, you know, in their own ways, but something that they were working out together and now just turned it into the you know, the typical kind of crap we can we see on a TV show. Even uh Rahul tweeted out like the we were on a break gift. Yeah. From, from friends. And I, exactly, and I thought I actually was like really surprised that he did that because I like it honestly like mocked it and yeah in the perfect way yep exactly because I mean I don't know yeah it just like exactly it just feels it, it went from feeling like something like you said that they were sort of like maturely moving past in yeah a way that made sense and like worked on screen as well um and and it just turned it into this goofy sort of unnecessarily dramatic situation. Yeah, and it, and it's also just like a way of like kind of screwing with the audience's emotions because like you have like them kiss and it looks like they're getting back together. I know. And that was the other thing too that bothers me. Like I know he's a little drunk mm-hmm. in that situation, but Ravi, literally, you just slept with a woman who's still yeah. in the house. Yeah, because he's the one who kisses Peyton there. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, that's just a, it's just a scummy move, even yeah. at that point. And Robbie's not a scummy guy. He can be awkward. He can be a little selfish. But like, it's just mm. no. Yeah, it's just it's a very um, and it's an episode that just is like very uncharacteristic for him. Ooh. It's very uh. And then even with the way it ends, too, and then it ends with Blaine singing, and yet, and Major and Liv are at the like bar watching him sing, and then Peyton meets. It just felt weird. It just, yeah. It was just a very odd, odd conclusion to the episode. Um, or was that scene trying to show, like, I guess, display that uh, Liv and Major might be believing more that Blaine is truly memory, you know, like, just buying into this, like, wow, I guess he is, like, a whole different person now. Because, I don't know, I feel like after tonight and seeing how aggressive uh, Robbie was and stuff, and how, like, you know, angry he is at Blaine, um, and, like, so strongly against him, um, it'd be interesting to see how that impacts, uh, like, the relationship between Robbie and Liv and Major and Robbie and... Well, for sure, and I think definitely what's happening with Ravi and Peyton might affect ha- things with Liv and Ravi in some aspect, but mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I mean, I can't see how they are able to just look at Blaine and be like, oh, he's a new person. And yeah, I, me, no, I, I definitely agree. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it by any means, but I just, I'm just curious if that's what they're trying to move towards. Well, yeah, and I would also say too, like the other thing is, um, with, uh, with with Ravi there, like yeah, he's like forceful in that scene and like pretty blunt with Blaine, and like Peyton even call like says he's being a dick, mm-hmm. but like he's doing it all to try to save Major. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's what I actually like love that scene. Mm-hmm. For Ravi, because, uh, yeah, like, exactly, I agreed with, like, I agreed with his intentions, like you said, he's doing it mainly to save Major, and because he knows, just like, that Major, who is a good person, or at least a better person than Blaine, like, you know, st- on the sh- in the show's world, at least, like, he does deserve to live more than Blaine does. Um, yeah. Like, from a, you know, and it's, uh... So it gets pretty heavy because it's like, I feel like he's just like you said, sort of being like blunt and honest with the truth and everything. And uh, but then Peyton is acting so like completely emotionally. Yeah, no, for sure. Or like reacting emotionally. Well, yeah, and I think it's like I understand where she's coming from, but I yeah. think it was it was that was that would be the only other complaint I'd have about this episode too. It's a stretch that she's being like. So, so much like, oh, you just want to use him as a guinea pig, and, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying, like, her character's coming across, like, emotionally, so emotionally blinded right now, which, yeah. like you said, it definitely makes sense, but it was just a little, I don't know, it feels a little naive from her at points. Yeah, it does, it just feels, again, it, it, it all, the conflict there feels a little too contrived, um, compared to what it was before, and... I don't know, I just hope it's not an indication of what's to come, because mm-hmm. I think they can get it back on track, and especially, like, you know, if they, I think if they don't dedicate, like, a whole episode to it again, yeah, um, it It'll would help to... itself out. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I think that's the thing, and I think, um, yeah, the other issue is to... By taking the focus completely off Liv, you need these other storylines to be at their best. And I just think, obviously, as we've been saying, this one was not in its best form last night. Um, and But I would say, while that was like a major issue for me, the Ravi Peyton material, the one, the other main part of the episode, the stuff with Major, was fantastic, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was easily the highlight of the entire episode, uh, and I thought Robert Buckley. I, I wrote, the, I said this in my review that I wrote too. As good as he was, like I thought he gave his best comedic performance ever last week. This might be up there as one of his best dramatic performances, I think, because he. It's a lot of small stuff that he does throughout this episode. But, like, even just, again, I, I think I kind of brought it up. I forget if I brought it up um, a little bit ago. But even just, the yeah, the look that he gives, like, uh, Liv and Justin when they're playing the dance game, that kind of just look of, like, longing and sadness there. Like, just little things like that that he does throughout this episode are absolutely fantastic. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I thought that, yeah, I thought Major, um, like, he has so much going on right now, and yeah, I thought it was just well acted, and I don't know, he really delivered on all those scenes, and uh, and I, I, it's really nice. I guess it's, for me, it's I think it's really nice to sort of watch right now as Major, like, he has a friend now, and uh and yeah. like, I don't know. It's it's pretty tragic because he, you know, he's on the verge of death, and sort of like now all these good things are happening for him, or at least he's he's doing so much better and feeling so much better. Well, and I think too, like this is a cool kind of interesting direction for Major's story because yeah. we talked about on the podcast before when we found out, oh, he's going to become a mercenary. Is this going to be the like? you know, kind of like dark major again. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, so far it's turning out to be like, not so bad. No, it's turning. Yeah. It's turning out to be one of my favorite things of the season, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, and I still even love, even like a little moment where he turns to Justin and is like, Oh, like, have you ever tried the real thing? And they eat the Zumba instructor brain. Yeah. Which I Uh, thought was, uh, just like leftover teenage girl brain, by the way. Yeah. So did I at first when you hear the music, when Liv comes in, and then I, and then we found that out, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is great!" Uh, but but no, but even something like that, right? It's like a small little thing. It's like it shows that Major, like he doesn't want to deal with having to think about this like, kind of impending death or impending memory mm-hmm. loss. So he's like, "Let's get like a brain that I can get my mind off this stuff." And um, and I thought that was like one really again shows like what he's going through right now and the kind of hardships of that. And two, I thought that was a really nice bonding moment between him and Justin who like really, we we really get introduced to him only in this episode and he mm-hmm. already feels like a, like a kind of like a fully fleshed out guy. Um, yeah, no, exactly. It was like really, it was, it was a really nice uh, way of introducing him and like, and showing this kind of nice, just single episode arc for major. For sure. Um, because yeah, exactly. Like you know, I really love the just how simple but effective um, it was to show Major. You know, like continuously sort of like failing at the the mercenary training, and um, and just not you know clearly being shown that it, he is not meant for this or not like you know not made for this or ready for this, and but that he's not the only one and. Uh, and that, yeah. you know, this wasn't sort of something he ever expected to do. And similarly to, like, Justin explained with his story, you know, it's kind of like they they just want to make the best of it, sort of. And I feel like that's just how, how their friendship forms. Definitely. I also love the opening, like, comic book title card for that, Zom- Zombie Dark 30. That made me yeah, laugh. right. Um <laughs> But no, I, I agree. It, it it's cool that he's found this kind of like kindred spirit in a way. You know, mm-hmm. Justin was Justin was a DJ, uh, Major was a social worker, and like neither of them ever thought they'd be doing this. And I like too that we see Major progress throughout the episode. That like, you know, he he kind of sucks at first at, at this training, but by the end he's doing really well, and he gets like that kind of self worth from it. And he's mm-hmm. finding he's finding you know a place. Uh, that he can go where he's not judged, where he's not, yeah, you know, he doesn't have that chaos killer. Uh, yeah, exactly. Type. Like he's, yeah, yeah. So I, I really like that, and again, I really like their, their friendship and and how that's developing. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of hinted at this before. So you in agreement with me that 
And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just thought even with how quickly like Justin and Liv bonded there, and I know they're both on very like positive thinking brains, but like I don't know, I could see that potentially being something. Yeah, I thought I thought that was it because uh Yeah, because I think one it creates then an interesting uh, like it'll be interesting to see how uh like major goes through it and then like kind of how do they bring you know Justin into the how does he get it more involved with uh like everything Liv does and gets and is involved in as well and uh yeah just because I guess it felt like he was the first character where they don't have to you know he he's just another the newest zombie character we've been introduced to yeah, and I think too they already said they've already made it clear that whoever is li- whoever is Liv's next boyfriend or love interest, um, he won't he won't be killed, and I can't really see them killing off mm-hmm. Justin because like there's only so much cruel crap you can do to Major too. Right, <laughs> like you're not gonna kill off his one good friend. Uh, well, well, outside of the group at least, you know his one yeah, good friend exactly. at Fillmore Graves. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That would be. That would be interesting, and like the yeah, like the kind of conflict it would create too, like Major seeing like a friend of his, like with his ex potentially, and um, not necessarily a love triangle, but like something of that sort. No, exactly, because um, yeah, exactly. They you know live in Major. They have so much history. They obviously have been sort of on again, off again, and uh, so you know, obviously those feelings. I mean, they were engaged. Those feelings will always be there. You know, they'll. Uh, Definitely. So, yeah, it would be, and it'd be interesting because, again, because, yeah, this would be the first person that Major knows and is actually, like, crossing paths with, and, you know, and he, he basically, it would turn into something very close to him, very, uh... Well, and I think, too, if he ends up taking the cure, which he's going to have to, Mm -hmm. um, even if he is able to somehow retain his memories, which we'll see what happens with Blaine now that Blaine has tried the serum. Yeah. um, It's, uh, he's going to not become, he's going to, but he won't be a zombie anymore no matter what. Mm -hmm. And so he's also got to realize that, like, even if he still has feelings for Liv, that like there's no there's no future there as of right now, you know, because he's not going to be a zombie, and she she at least for the time being still will. Um, yeah. And uh, but uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting thing. Again, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of Justin. For yeah, sure. I really I really liked him. So did I. I. I have to look up the actor who plays him, but I really he just he was very natural and like again like. He just made the character feel really fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but uh, but one last thing I want to touch on, at least, too, speaking of, you know, all these zombies, they're going to have a new place to, to drink, Blake. Yes. The Scratch and Post. The Scratch and Post. Which, still, I, I totally, I forgot that was the name when they, like, announced it uh, a couple months ago when we were talking about it on the show. Mm-hmm. Um so I forgot that was the name. So when the name came up again last night, it made me laugh. But also, I don't know how I didn't think of this as the business they were going to come up with. I know, I know. I felt the same way. I was like, oh, God, that's so – like, how did we not put those dots together? 
I guess it's because I feel like, at least for me, I was just in the mindset that it was going to the club or speakeasy was going to be a pre-existing thing that they Same. discovered and just didn't know about. Same here. Yeah, that's what I thought at first too. Um, but yeah, I I love it, dude. I think that. Because at first, you know, the pairing of Angus and Don E, like it was, it's great. But I was, I was definitely a little worried that it was going to turn into um, it just like a typical, you know, them trying to compete with Blaine and sort of butting heads and being mm-hmm. at odds and be try almost be like a goofy, be like too goofy sort of, or yeah. and like uh, not fitting. But this, I think, is perfect because. It's very, you know, it's a very exciting thing to incorporate into the world. Like, we've been so excited for the speakeasy and just, like, I think it's the perfect setting for these two to to be that odd couple and uh, and see sort of, like, what happens, I guess. Because it, it, it'll just be fun because they, I can see them, they both do balance each other out in this type of a setting, like a, a club or a speakeasy. For sure, yeah. And I think that's what's going to make it work. Totally. And I think even just, like, the fun kind of ways they've been able to figure out, like, to see if you're a zombie or not, like, eating the pepper and things like that. Like, I thought those were really kind of cool and and fun uh, and interesting details. And I also just, like, I'm curious because I'm really curious what they're going to do next with it because we already kind of see... Angus taking full control control over things like he lets he lets Donnie name it, but like yeah, and that's about it. Uh, but then we see near the end of the episode that Donnie's looking in and sees Blaine as the lounge singer, right? Yeah, and so that has me wondering, like, because Donnie seems to be like the guy who's like, let's go get Blaine's clients now, let's do this now, and like. Angus is like, patience, patience. we got to get this started up first, get people in here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm wondering, like, I feel like somehow, some way, Donnie's going to screw it up for the two of them. Um, just because he is kind of erratic in that way. Even if yeah. you go back, even if you go back to last season with him deciding that he and Chief should still be pushing uh, yeah, Lucky no, you. Ex- exactly. He think he likes to think he's a gangster, but <laughs> but in uh, but in reality, uh, yeah. no. But uh, seriously, he likes to think he's like tough and smart. You know, he he want he obviously like aspires to be Blaine. Yep, a hundred percent. And um, but that's just not the case. Like you said, he's erratic and. Uh, and yeah, it's it's only a matter of time until he does something because um, even like you said last season, it was his stupidity. It was like all pride, kind of like, oh, I can be the boss now. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like again, yeah, it's like he still will somehow do something stupid, trying to like, you know, prove something to Blaine or like, you know, like pridefully like feel above Blaine in some way, and that'll just be their downfall or be his individual death or downfall because as soon as Angus found out or, like, got tired of it, you know he's just going to off him. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I I love Robert Nepper as Angus. He's so... Yes. Dude, he's so good, and he's just so much fun. Even in the, the will meeting that they have where Blaine has to sign over... That was another interesting thing too. Was yeah, like, how he didn't. He just was. He was. He had no. You know, because I think Angus still obviously 
doesn't believe that Blaine's actually lost his memory, uh, but the story that he tells mm-hmm. about about him like selling the mother's ear, uh, his mom's earrings, and like just that hatred that comes out, and Blaine just it, it just was very a very interesting scene. Um, yeah, and yeah, I uh, I'm really. I'm really curious. I didn't know how I felt at first. Again, like I like the idea of them working together in the premiere, but I was like, I don't know how this is going to play out. But the more I'm seeing of it, and the more again of this conflict, because we, because we got a little bit of Blaine and his dad together in season two, but like the fact that it's going to be potentially like more amped up this season is is really exciting, and it gives Blaine something else to do than romance Peyton, you know, um, mm-hmm. which which I think is is good because. No one, you know, no matter whether whether you're a male or female character, you shouldn't be just your only your only storyline shouldn't be just like a romance. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, but yeah, so we'll hopefully see more from the scratching post soon. Uh, I can't wait to see like Liv and Major's reaction to it, and I'm also really curious like what Vivian and them at Fillmore Grays will think once they find out about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, are they going to think this is, like, too much of a public thing? Uh-huh. You know? Um, that, it, again, is going to give humans another way of discovering zombies. And the other thing I'm thinking about, right, and this is just me theorizing down the line, and so I want to hear what you think of this idea, Blizz. Uh That's a lot of zombies in one concentrated area. Mm-hmm. With humans finding out about their existence... I don't know. I see a zombie massacre going on at Yeah, Atlanta. right. Yeah, like I see somebody burning it down or doing something like that by season's end. And yeah, I think depending on if and when a like zombie reveal happens, that's definitely like a prime thing to be in the cards. Also, what if what if it's almost the opposite and Think if like think if like a, a a big fight broke out, right? And you have all these zombies going into like full zombie mode. Oh wow, yeah. And what if they just like you know instead like the fight basically made its way outside or something, and then all of a sudden you have all these like full on zombie mode zombies like roaming the streets, doing God knows what. That's another that's another good thought as well. I didn't think because about that because that because what if. What if it was something like Don E, dude, like, basically starts a stupid conflict or, like, you know, acts tough to, like, somebody in the club or mm-hmm. in the in the bar and basically caught... What if Don E caused it all, dude? <laughs> that would be quite fitting for his character, I think. Yeah, like, what, that would be crazy. What, but, yeah, what, that... that... Yeah, no, because the other thing is, too, that Angus mentions, like, the only people he's going to want in here are the people on the menu. So I wonder too, are they going to like bring people in and then have them just like kill them there? Are they going to like, how are they going to get the brains? Yeah, that was what I thought was interesting too. Um, yeah, they're going to, but I guess, or I guess he also though could just be, could just be referencing like that, the, like because there, everybody in there will be zombies. Like the brains of the dead people will be the only, you know, like the only human thing in there. True, true. That that's um, that's a good way of thinking about it too. And I have to go back and like actually re-listen. And yeah, to the because that so. definitely like when I first heard that, I was like, wait, what? And, yeah. Uh, 
but then I thought maybe he was just talking very figuratively in that the brains will be the only human thing. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, uh, one, the only other thing I really want to mention, it's just a small thing. I want to ask you, whose expression was better? Clive's when he had to go into the dumpster or Robbie's when li- he almost, uh, when Liv accidentally gave him the wrong drink. Because uh, both those faces. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, it's tough because. Did you I think... see? Did you see? I think you retweeted it from the iZombie Radio account that uh, the iZombie writers were like, just when you thought Clive was out of fa- like faces to make or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, that expression on Malcolm Goodwin's face is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think that one was my favorite. Yeah. But I also uh, really like the the situation that Robbie's face comes out of. Yes, I agree. And how, <laughs> no, definitely. And even Liv's comment, like, how do you drink almond milk? That was... Yeah. That was like, really... I really liked their interaction and that scene, but the pure face from from Malcolm Goodwin is uh, is awesome. Definitely, definitely. Um... Anything else you wanted to add about this episode? Um, trying to think really quickly. Um, I don't think so. I think. I mean, I think we honestly like covered everything. There was no Vivian. There was. Uh, yeah, there was no Fillmore Graves at all, which I thought yeah. was interesting. And I think another reason, maybe why, another thing that maybe hurt this episode. And I, I think obviously that's why. I want yeah that's maybe the last thing I wanted to bring up was that I was going to say I feel like yeah last night there was no film aside from like major there yeah. was no like Fillmore Graves in in like Vivian and actual like people it was more major just being there but yeah I feel like the one thing that the season did really well last um in season 2 was you know Vaughn was pretty much in every episode well and not and whether it wasn't it didn't have to be with any of the main characters. Like, we got to see Vaughn operate, you know, behind the scenes almost from, like, a hidden camera in his natural state. Well, and true, but I, I guess the reason for why we don't have that is because we still don't know if Fillmore Graves is good or bad. And that's kind of what's... Yeah, I get that. I know that's what is, uh, because like, like that's, sitting on, but... Yeah, because it's kind of putting us in the same mindset as live. Cause we're like, mm-hmm. uh, do we trust you or not? But, yeah. But what bothers me about that is like, so just because there's no big film or grave storyline, live doesn't get a big, big story. Like I, that's what kind mm-hmm. of, again, it was just like, you can do more with her character than have her. And I think too, the issue is like, that's the main conflict of the season is this moral like dilemma of like zombies versus humans. And without, mm-hmm. without that kind of driving the action, it's just, Nah. Yeah, no, I definitely, I agree. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think that's it for me. Well, one last thing, I just because I'm looking over my notes here. Yeah. Uh, with with Katie or or Caddy again, I will have her name correct by the next episode. I promise, guys. Uh, so with Robbie's old boss, she's starting to kind of come closer to figuring out zombies. She's you know even calls Seattle the Ground Zero for yeah. her investigation. Uh, and, you know, even kind of questions him about that these people ingest brains, you know, from the boat party. 
do you think is is that how zombies get discovered? Do you think? Do you think she because she's like a legitimate source, kind of to ba- to scientifically back it up, and and she works with the CDC. Yeah, exactly. Like she yeah. has cre- um, like credibility behind her. Yeah, you, um, yeah, that was another one I, I kind of thought of. I'm, I'm curious if it's gonna. Honestly, I'm curious if it's all just gonna like build, and and erupt with something that we talk like a, a big outbreak or something. Okay, um, yeah. Because yeah, exactly. She's inching closer, and it's getting, it's just getting becoming tougher and tougher for, like Ravi especially to sort of, um, argue. You know, like give any argument or sort of or uh, excuse when she stumbles upon a new thing. Yeah. And I I just think it's only a matter of time. Uh, it, I feel like it would definitely be interesting because, like you said, sort of we don't fully know the stance of Fillmore Graves. So, mm-hmm. does she possibly become a target for them? Um, or again, like we had talked about, them, po- you know, the possibility of them wanting zombies to be discovered. Um, so maybe she does go untouched and is just another uh, like avenue for zombies to be exposed. But yeah, I, it's it's obviously building to that, and I I'm also surprised at just like how quickly along she's moving with it, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that's sort of just what the show, what this season is all about. Is it's you know it was only a matter of time, but I think this is I think this is the one thing the show again like this show is doing really well is it's showing sort of the that it was only a matter of time until zombies were discovered and yeah. uh and just that it's going to happen sooner than we think for sure no i i agree um 100% i i i like that there's all these different like possible ways of them being exposed like you have mm-hmm. the chuck bird show you have um you, you obviously now you have the cdc potentially mhm you had the speakeasy opening up. Could that draw too much attention? Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool. It's it's yeah. again, and I do like though that her investigation is going so quickly since we only have thirteen episodes. So I thought that yeah, was exactly. Like, yeah, no, not don't drag it out too much, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, should be should be interesting to uh uh to see. Uh, oh, and the only the only last thing I want to bring up uh. It's just one line that made me laugh really hard from Ravi, which was when Clive was describing the murder and how he said he was like killed with his own like I, I don't know if it was Buddha statue, but it was like a type of statue and he's like he's like, This feels personal and then Ravi goes, He's like, Or it was just a tragic misunderstanding of open your mind. Uh, which I thought was one of the one of the best Ravi lines we've had in a while. I really I really like that one a lot. Uh, and in an episode where I didn't really like Ravi that much and how he was being written or how he was behaving. Uh, he at least that, got it. Yeah, he at least made me laugh. So yeah, come on, Ravi, go back to being the best next week, please. Come on. Uh, but we shall see, guys. We shall see. Uh, but yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for our discussion of Eat, Pray, Live. Um, and that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode because we don't have any really other big news except for if you watch the promo for next week um you can see that uh Liv is going to be kind of like the the town gossip it looks like uh which should be really fun and looks to be really funny from the trailer just with like Clive's reaction to it 
Um, and the episode for next week is called Wag the Tongue Slowly. Uh, so <laughs> I love the title. I'm still, and then ap- after that is Spanking the Zombie. So, uh, <laughs> man, they're, they're killing it with these titles this year, but, uh, as they always do. And but, we did get, I want to point out, we did get one, um, because going off the East Coast feed, we did get one, um, like episode review or like a response, I guess, reaction. Oh, oh we Twitter. did, right. You, sorry, yeah, because you were, I um, was not in the live tweeting because I, I was think on there, I think there might have been, let me check, but, yeah, no um, but yeah, I know we at least got one that I can read right now. Please do. We want to give the, we want to give the listeners a um, and that one, the one is from Ivan Kwok, um, at Ivan underscore Kwok 95. Um, he thought that the episode, um, he thought that the episode was a bit rushed and jam-packed, and he enjoyed Blaine singing, but thinks the Ravi episode, or the Ravi storyline is a disappointment, and he said it was a B-plus episode for him. And then he also said that he was disappointed that Liv and Clive got sidelined, and he hopes the writers balance all those storylines better and cut Ravi's nonsense. Uh, uh, a big fan of Ivan, by the way. He's been like interacting us with uh, on on Twitter and stuff for a while, so I want to give a shout out to him real quick. Uh, yeah, and also say I 100% agree with him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he uh, I think he gets it too. Um, yeah. It's it's funny that he literally said the same. Like I hadn't read this before, just again because I hadn't been really on Twitter too much. Uh, wow! And he literally he pretty much said everything we said. I also enjoy Blaine singing though. David Andrews has a really nice voice. Yeah. Musical episode. Give it to us. Everyone, everybody can sing except for maybe Robert Buckley, but even he sang last week. So. Um, but yeah, thank you, Ivan, for the interaction. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate it and. Uh, yeah, guys. Whenever we're gonna tweet that out after every uh, every episode, every East Coast airing, and typically after every West Coast airing as well. Um, we didn't have a West Coast uh, live tweet this week because, again, um, you know, Sh- uh, Sean's a little busy uh, this week with some with some personal matters. So, but uh, he should be back doing it next week. And Blaze, as always, thank you for doing the East Coast tweeting every week. Cause of course. Helps helps me out a ton when I'm taking notes down for my reviews. And what happened with the West Coast? Uh, was there an last issue? night? Was there? An oh issue? yeah, there was something. I th- I don't know if it, I saw tweets. I don't know if it uh, even oh, aired. Oh oh right no it didn't in I think Cal in like Los Angeles area because I'm pretty yes. sure the Dodgers game preempted it. You're right. Yep yep yep. I think you're right about that. Yeah, I remember seeing that because I saw the tweets sort of pop up from the actors. Yeah, I think because Malcolm per- Goodwin was like, "Oh, I don't remember filming this baseball player brain episode." <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, because I think I saw two people were saying that iZombie was going to be preempted, and then uh, in a couple weeks, the episode of Arrow, an episode of Arrow, is going to be preempted as well. Um, okay. Yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, hopefully that won't happen too much uh, in the future. And I say this is somebody who loves baseball, but come on, we can't we can't be re- we can't be replacing I Zombie with. I know the, it's disappointing with Dodgers games. Shout out to Chase Utley, by the way. I love you uh, on the Dodgers still, but uh, miss him miss him on the Phillies. But before I get too sidetracked, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, do our shameless plugs, Blaze. Where can the people find you? 
Uh, you can find me, as always, at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, I pumped out a Shield review this week for the episode 18, No Regrets. Um, check that out on TVOverMind.com. How, um, how was Shield last night, by the way? It was very that. enjoyable. I really, you know, I'm really enjoying this uh, this Matrix plot, and I think it, I think it's very interesting. Awesome. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, but yeah, as always, you can find my writing on TVOverMind.com. Um, I always tweet it out. I also am back to comic reviews, as I said, for the Marvel Report, um, so check those out weekly. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Awesome. And uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at CKinger13. Uh, you can find all my reviews for iZombie and uh, other shows as well, like Supergirl and Arrow, which come back next week. Uh, they're all over on TVOverMind.com. Uh you can find all my writing over there, uh, and uh, I also tweet out everything, too, so even if you're just looking for something real quick, it's right there on the Twitter. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got going on right now It's just uh, it's just those TV reviews. I'm um, – and I might be doing – I don't know if it's 100% happening yet, but I'll announce it if it, it is. I might be doing something cool with one of the other podcasts here on the network uh, potentially for next week's for uh, for an episode of a show next week. So if that is happening, I will let you, all you listeners know in case you want to hear more of my my babbling. Uh, you know, unless you want to, yeah, you, know, you want to hear more of my 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 awesome voice. You know, just saying. <laughs> but man, I'm not I'm not good with these jokes. We need Sean back. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh, you can find us as always on Twitter at iZombie Radio. And on Facebook at iZombie Radio. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes, please subscribe. Uh, please give us a rating and a review. It helps the the show get more kind of notice and us get more listeners. And the more listeners and subscribers and notice we get, the the better. And uh, we can keep doing this for you all. And um, you can also find us on Stitcher and a couple other different uh, podcast platforms and stuff you know if we're pretty much if it's out there we're on it and mm -hmm. then um lastly uh make sure you're following dctv podcast on twitter and subscribe to the dctv podcast feed i don't know if it's been fixed yet but that's where you can get all your dctv goodness uh from supergirl radio to flash podcast and everything in between um so yeah that will do it for us this week's guys thank you as always for listening we really appreciate your support and we'll be back next week to talk more about iZombie. Take care, everyone.